0: Okay, here we go. Uh, okay. Hey yo, I'm CK and you're listening to Practice. I'm your functional systems integrator, and this is my podcast where practice is not just the theme of the show, but the whole purpose behind it. I'm using this platform to practice podcasting, as well as speaking in general, while espousing half thoughts and providing unsolicited advice. As always, I'm fortunate to be joined by my practice partner and partner in life, Pam. Hey, that's me. Pam is also my Pattern Awareness Manager, and every Sunday, we reflect on the past week and my progress with this practice. We also talk about other lifestyle practices, as well as theories and ideas behind the virtues of practice itself. We're doing this on the fly, so don't hold me responsible for what I say here. Make sure to check out my show notes, where I'll provide some fact-checking, self-psychoanalysis, and commentary on things I could have done better. You may find this and more information about this project at forcesofequal.com slash practice. Today, it is August 23rd, 2020, and this is our 26th practice session. And we are closing in on half a year of practicing. At what point
1: do we get to stop practicing?
0: <laughs> Never. We're Never. always going to be practicing. All right. <laughs> what do you think about that?
1: Yeah, I think it's true.
0: <laughs> you can always learn and progress and get better. Yeah. <laughs> so today we are going to continue with our adjustments on the podcast and the sessions and i'm just going to keep rolling along and we'll start out with a quote and this one comes from seneca one of the three prominent stoic philosophers aside from marcus aurelius and epictetus and this is seneca the younger i believe he is the son of pliny the elder
1: that would make sense i guess
0: I don't know, Seneca the Elder, who is the son of Pliny the Elder. I'm not <laughs> up to date with my Stoic history, so <laughs> check the show notes for any corrections or better information. Anyway, here's the quote. The greatest obstacle to living is expectancy, which hangs upon tomorrow and loses today. You are arranging what lies in fortune's control and abandoning what lies in yours. What are you looking at? To what goal are you straining? The whole future lies in uncertainty. Live immediately. And again, that's by Seneca. And we'll kind of, well, I'll kind of try to base the theme of today's session around that quote. And so hopefully I'll weave some topics in and out throughout the session that relates. I'm not exactly sure if I'll be able to relate to it directly but I there's so much within that quote and so much with what I've been mentating recently that is definitely related. So it's gonna be up to me to be able to form those relations, so we'll see how I do with that. But before we get into that, let's reflect on our week, and Pam, can you think of anything fun or memorable that happened this past week that pops into your mind?
1: Hmm, fun or memorable? Um, <laughs> I wasn't prepared for that. Yeah. Um, throwing
0: you a curveball here.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, we had a photo shoot. Yeah. Yeah, so we went and did a photo shoot for kind of like professional photos for all of our websites and all of the podcasts that we're working on, and it went really well. We got our proofs back the next day, and we have almost 1,500 photos to go through.
0: Yeah, crazy. I haven't even started going through them yet.
1: Yeah. I can't stop looking at them.
0: Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's a good thing.
1: Yeah, no, I'm I'm really happy with how they turned out. I've done a couple of shoots before and never had as much... Um, success as this time and I think it was a combination of a lot of factors Um, Mm -hmm. but one of them is definitely that I uh, went in with confidence and didn't feel like oh I don't belong in front of the camera or I'm Hmm. I don't look good or or whatever Um, Mm -hmm. and a lot of things went into my ability to do that but that Mm -hmm. was a big big difference
0: well so what do you think went into your ability to do that or can you say uh, some key points or anything
1: yeah. I mean, losing 20 pounds definitely helped. Uh-huh. <laughs> so th- there was that, but I have been on a big uh, mental journey of taking up space and not, mm. um, not going into things without confidence and just like trying to be able to, um, just believe that I belong wherever I am and that I deserve to have what I have and to, to trust that I, um, that I know what's best for me and to mm-hmm. be able to, um, project that, I guess, and to be able to be, com- be more confident. So mm-hmm. that, that was a big part of it. Cool. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I would have probably mentioned the photo shoot as well. Obviously that is something different that we did during mm-hmm. our week. And we got to leave our home and go outside and interact with other people. Strangers. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's one of the things that made that photo shoot so fun. Well, actually, it was my first photo shoot ever, pretty much. I mean, yeah. other than like school pictures or soccer pictures or something like that, I've never modeled per se. <laughs> yeah. So if this occurred before I know that I would have been really anxious about taking photos and I haven't really taken a lot of photos in recent years lately and that might be that there might be some function there of me not participating in social media as much but yeah I mean there was probably also some yeah, I, I'm not sure. I just don't want my photos out there or my pictures taken, or I guess maybe... Huh? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I It's weird. I
1: I didn't know that.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I guess I really just haven't thought about it. I just kind of ended up happening where I just started taking less and less photos, and I... So, yeah, I don't know. I'm just kind of thinking about all of it right now. But whatever the case... Before, I would have been very anxious and I, wa- I would have wanted to be such a perfectionist with the compositions and the shots and how we posed and stuff like that. But this time around, I barely even prepared for the shoot at all. And I just went with the flow and just took everything as it is. And I think that's kind of what made it fun. And there's two factors relating to that that I'm thinking of right now. One is what I've been talking about in terms of just basically not having expectations. And that goes right along with today's quote, where it begins with Seneca saying, the greatest obstacle to living is expectancy, which hangs upon tomorrow and loses today. So by having expectations you're thinking about the future and how what you're doing is going to what what that's going to result in or mm. how that's going to turn out so you're not living in the present moment you're living you're living with these thoughts of a moment outside of that moment so you're thinking of the future and you know you also may be thinking of the past because of what you're about to be doing is something that you've done before or you've experienced somehow before and you're thinking how that's going to affect what you're going to be doing and then in turn how that'll turn out in the future so you're very much out of the moment so
1: or in that same vein like you think that just because you're doing the same thing again that it's going to be the same experience mm, yeah even great though point. You, you can do the exact same thing 10 times and have it be a completely different experience because of all the other factors involved, other people that are there, your mental right. state, their mental state, the environment, everything Like everything else can be different and change the outcome or the experience of that exact same thing that you do again.
0: Yeah, exactly. And there are a lot of stoic quotes that relate to the saying that you can't step in the same river twice. Mm-hmm. Basically, everything's always changing around you. Yeah. And so every experience is going to be different. So the other factor was our photographer for me. She was awesome. Yeah. So going in with no expectations and then having an awesome photographer, it was like I almost don't remember it as a photo shoot. It was like we were just hanging out all day, basically.
1: Yeah, I was like hanging out while a friend was taking some pictures.
0: Yeah, and there may be some effect of not socializing so much over the past few months, and then having to go out and socialize and interact with someone else that made things fun and different. But you're
1: you're also a lot different with strangers now.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely. You're not
1: as anxious. <laughs>
0: Yeah uh, I've had this weird notion within myself where for some reason I felt inferior to everyone I met before. Mm-hmm. like I've always thought that people had something over me when I first met meet them and then the times when I get to know them, you know then I realize how irrational my initial, thoughts and feelings were. But now I, I'm i becoming much more mindful and I've resolved a lot of my anxieties. So yeah, my social experience in that sense is a lot different from what it was before. Yeah. And it's interesting to think about it now because we haven't been going out and socializing and interacting. So there's more of a contrast between when we're home and when we're interacting with others. Mm-hmm. And so it's interesting to see that contrast. And I think we may be able to observe it more like deeply or accurately now because of that contrast. Mm-hmm. But whatever the case, shout out to Nikki, our photographer. Nikki Cram. Nikki Cram. She is awesome. Her shots are awesome. I think she's Nikki Cram on Instagram. If you mm-hmm. want to check it out, I'll so. link it up in the show notes. But... Yeah, we had an awesome time with her. And I have a feeling we'll be working with her again. And, mm-hmm.
1: um, and hopefully... her makeup artist, Brittany Brown.
0: Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, she, they were both fun gals. And we had a good time just hanging out all day, basically. And then mm-hmm. we got a lot of awesome photos out of it. And <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that was fun. That was a good time for our week. And, you know, it, we got to practice... Um, well, I mean, I got to practice, um, living in the present and I don't know if I did it so much mindfully, but it's something that I've just kind of been growing into and adapting with. So it's cool to look back and reflect and see how it all went and kind of try to analyze. Uh, I mean, I, I don't like saying analyze cause it sounds too technical <laughs> But, clinical. Yeah. But just kind of observe, you know, how you've grown basically. So yeah, that was a good time. And let's, uh, I guess we could leave it at that. Make sure to check out Nikki Cram's photos. She's got some great shots and she's a very good lifestyle photographer. So check that out and we'll go ahead and see if we can move on here. So I've been talking about Stoicism with this podcast a lot and I've, I'm very much into the Stoic philosophy and I believe I was introduced to Stoicism first through Seneca's writings and again, Seneca is uh, where the quote for, for today comes from and I think I was introduced through Tim Ferriss who is also very much into Stoic philosophy and if I remember correctly, Back when I was reading The 4-Hour Workweek, it was around that time he was also starting to create, like, audio books or something along the audio format for, like, the books that he was really into, but mm-hmm. there was no audio book or format for that out yet. So he started creating some audio stuff for Stoic philosophy, if I'm remembering this correctly. Yeah. And one of them was Letters from a Stoic, I believe, by Seneca. And that was my introduction to Stoicism from what I remember. So it's been over 10 years. And I've kind of been loosely following Stoicism since then. And I got back into it maybe around 2015, 2016 with a book called Resilience by Eric Greitens, I believe his name is. And I don't know if he still is, but he was and may be still the governor of Missouri or something along those lines.
1: I think he had some scandal. I'm not sure if he's still in office. Yeah,
0: I remember some controversy around that too. And that, along with some other things, kind of uh, led me away from the philosophy for a little while. But it's always kind of been, you know, in the background for me. Um, but Resilience, the book itself, is awesome, I think. Like, there's so much good content in there. And Eric Rittons, he I believe he was like a Rhodes Scholar and a Doctor of Philosophy or something like that. He was also in the military. I believe he was a SEAL mm-hmm. or went through SEAL training. So he's very experienced and he has a lot of knowledge and intelligence around a lot of different subjects and so the way he laid out the stoic philosophy and kind of wove in various details and related them to different things was really good and it was really uh, I listened to it first before I read it and it was a really good listen as well as a good read. So I've been into Stoicism, you know, off and on since then, and then a lot more lately, especially since picking up things like The Daily Stoic by Ryan Holiday, and also other books by, I'm not sure how to pronounce his name, Massimo Pagliucci. I think he's an Ivy League professor of philosophy, and uh, a lot of other texts. There's so much around philosophy popping up these days. So along with Stoicism, I also have interest in Taoism. And Taoism, you know, the Eastern philosophy, ancient Eastern philosophies like Taoism, Confucianism, Buddhism, I've had some idea about them. And I believe most people have some idea about them. Mm-hmm. And I've had interest in, I've kind of always had interest in the Eastern philosophies. Obviously, I come from, or I have an Eastern background as a Korean. And uh, on that note, I don't think I got it because I'm Korean. And I don't think my parents really went over philosophy with me or anything did like you, that. They're very religious.
1: Because, did you get it because of Bruce Lee?
0: Well, that's how I started really getting into Taoism, mm-hmm. through Bruce Lee's Tao of Jeet Kundo. And it's through reading that that I really started to understand Taoism more. And then that started getting me more into the ancient texts, uh, like Lao Tzu's Tao Te Ching, which is the main Taoism textbook. So there's very much, <laughs> there's there's a lot of crossover between Taoism and Stoicism. Yeah. But the interesting thing that I've been finding out lately, that I've been finding out lately, as I've been getting deeper and deeper into these two philosophies, is... While they're very much aligned in e- with each other in terms of practicing reason and observing reality versus being um, so influenced by emotion and uh, like visceral reactions, like Im- immediate reactions. So, uh, I don't I'm not sure what I just said, but it's the difference between reason and emotion, basically. Mm-hmm. And those two philosophies follow follow that basic theme. But with stoicism, there's a lot of propositional logic, and some people say, you know, the beginnings of science even came out of stoic the logic of stoicism. So there's a lot of like what I would say, trying to make sense of the world and putting together patterns and creating models basically. So, I mean, and that leaves no question why I'm so interested in the philosophy, but on the contrary with Taoism, there's more of a, so Taoism kind of rejects this logic and reasoning. And instead They want you to practice more instinct and intuition Mm -hmm. and go with the flow of what the world is giving you or what the world is producing or where the world is at. And it's like Bruce Lee's Be Like Water. Mm -hmm. You know, a cup. Uh, Water, you know, a cup has the shape of a cup, obviously, and if if you fill it, water has no shape, but if you fill it in the cup, water will take the shape of the cup. So water will adjust and adapt to its environment, and, you know, in a river, uh, the water will flow around objects, and so there's this notion in Taoism of going with the flow and taking, you know, just going where nature takes you and not resisting basically so it's interesting because the contrast is almost between intellectualism and not necessarily anti-intellectualism but it's like a like a supra-intellectualism where it's not really like intellectualizing something in terms of piecing out things and trying to solve the problems, but it's just like intellectualizing it in a way that that's how it's supposed to be. And it's just there and you have to live with it like that and find how best to live with it as it is. Um, Actually, you know, I started getting into some logic there in terms of saying, finding how best to live the way it is. But in the end, total enlightenment or whatever um, word, I'm not sure if enlightenment's the right word, but in the end, like real Taoist practice is not necessarily finding the way to be with the way it is, but just being, like not even finding, it's just being. Right. Being
1: able to find the ability to, in any circumstance, just exist.
0: Right. Right. And so as I was researching and studying this, I kind of pushed back against Taoism initially because I, obviously i'm very much into logic and Mm -hmm. finding patterns but then the more i thought about it the more i realized that i've been progressing towards just being and just going with the flow and if you've been listening over the past few weeks i think you would notice this pattern because I've been talking about just kind of taking things the way they are and saying, you know, it is it is the way it is. And that's what I'm starting to notice in terms of my social interactions and the way I've been going about things. And so, like, with all the troubleshooting that I've been doing over the past couple of weeks, you know, I've been getting frustrated. And I mentioned last week that I kind of snapped, and I was uh, a little disappointed with myself in the way that I reacted, basically. So, I reacted instead of taking the space to reason. And so, what happened was that, you know, I've been working with all this audio software and post-processing and editing and stuff like that, and the computer and the software and how it all interacts and works together, or... Doesn't work together like it hasn't been the past couple weeks, but now all that most most everything's working fine now. But last week when I had that moment of, uh, I don't know what you call it. Just
1: you hit your limit. Of, you had just yeah, had
0: enough. <laughs> yeah, at a moment of anger because my mouse stopped working, so I had all this software and stuff configured and finally working the way I wanted it to, and then of all things. My mouse, probably the most important thing in terms of doing all this stuff, just stopped working. And when it comes to how I use a mouse, like I put it on the fastest setting and like people can't use my computers Mm -mm. because everything's too fast. But me, I like to optimize everything and I've gotten used to the speed and I want to do stuff as fast as possible. And so, my mouse is very central to the stuff that I do. And so, when that failed, I, you know, tried to get it working. And then after, like, 15 or 20 minutes, I finally figured out that it's just dead. And so, I threw it across the room. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so, the thing is, before, after I threw it, I would have, it would have, lingered and the anger would have lasted a while after that you know if not days at least a couple hours but that last time that's all i needed i just needed to throw it and that was it and
1: you just needed an outlet
0: right right so i might need to find a better outlet maybe get like a punching bag or something
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's like a pressure valve
0: yeah yeah totally but so (laughs) after i threw it I I was immediately disappointed in myself, and then I took a breath, and then I started reflecting, and then I got into a better place and ended up fixing it. And so now it's all better and everything's all good. And so that was an instance that I know now that I could have dealt with better. But even looking back, I know that I dealt with it better than I would have before, yeah. And I know now that I can deal with it better than I had at that time. And so it's all about mindset and it's all about self-reflection. If you want to grow, mm-hmm. you know, the self-reflection helps you look at how you were before and how you're improving and to see if what you're doing now is efficacious to what you're doing or what you want to do and how you want to get better. And so, you know, I've been just working with thoughts like that. And on that note, something new that happened this morning where I could have easily done the same thing. I was about to throw my blood pressure monitor across the room because... (laughs)
1: What the irony.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, totally. (laughs) Um. So I have a familial history of high blood pressure and heart conditions. My dad had a quintuple bypass when he was 53, I believe, somewhere around there. And at that time, I had never even heard of a quintuple bypass. Mm-hmm. I've heard of a quadruple bypass. But I'm like, you can have more? <laughs> and so after that, I started getting more into my actual like heart health and cardiology and all that stuff. But I mean, before I was into health in general, health and fitness, but after that, I got into my own physiology and some specific markers. So I started taking my blood pressure every day and my blood pressure monitor is pretty old now. And so it doesn't work all the time. And this morning we had planned to do some more microphone testing. And so I set a time. To do that after I got all my stuff done in the morning and you know Pam wanted to know what time we were going to get started so I told her ten thirty, and it was like 9 nine fifteen when I told her that and usually I need about an hour with my morning routine at that point and so I was like you know an hour and 15 20 an hour and 20 that's going to be plenty of time to leave me and then, you know, I get through my routine and I'm starting to take my blood pressure and the blood pressure monitor is not working. It's usually takes me under five minutes to take my blood pressure because I take it three times and then average it out. But today, I was sitting there and five minutes goes by and it's still not working, 10 minutes goes by, it's still not working. And I'm like, oh, like the time <laughs> when I plan out for, you know, when I plan extra time, Yeah and then this happens and now it's you know moving me back and then i have to tell pam you know i need another 10 minutes and then all this stuff so i was about to chuck the blood pressure monitor across the room and not to mention if you guys remember my issue with my old futon that i had and all the white flakes that were annoying me so uh, i had this white futon with fake leather and it started flaking after a couple years and then after a while every day i just had white flakes all over the place and be sticking on my skin and my back and my legs and everywhere it'd be all over the place and i'd just be so annoyed every day when i'd have to pick off these white flakes so the blood pressure monitor is also white and has like this faux leatherish material and that's starting to flake off now (laughs) so not only is it not working correctly it's starting to create those annoying flakes so you're
1: having old trauma brought up
0: yeah so like looking back i'm surprised i just didn't chuck that thing across the room (laughs) but i was able to create space in that moment this morning which is what i'm realizing is happening more and more often now like i am able to be more present and it's weird thinking about it in the moment Because this is the stuff that I've been talking about doing and practicing. And this is the stuff that I hear people advocating. And I understand the science behind it. But now like, I'm actually kind of living through it almost outside myself and observing myself going through it. It's really hard to explain and this is kind of abstract and I think it's it's one of the reasons why it's difficult for people to wrap their heads around it and get into this kind of practice and understand the benefits of it. So I think it's awesome that I'm able to do this right now as I'm going through this kind of transition and I'm trying to articulate what I'm going through and explain the changes that are happening as I'm going through them but you know it's still hard because a lot of these concepts are kind of abstract and it's hard to get a grasp of and explain in a way that you think someone else is gonna relate to in the way that you're relating to it Mm -hmm. so I don't know what what do you think about what I just said
1: I'm just wondering what you think changed that allowed you to actually start putting it in practice because this is stuff that you've talked about for a long time and yeah. I don't know if I've ever expressed this to you but there was always like this conflict of the like you're always talking about stoic philosophy and all this stuff but then you were very reactive. Yeah. And so it was like a little bit of a disconnect there.
0: Yeah. I th- so I think it's a couple things. So I think there's So, obviously, it's a complex system, and we talk about complex systems all the time. And I believe that I did practice a lot of mindfulness and stoicism, but in different arenas. So, you know, I may have been mindful with some things and less mindful with other things. And, you know, that's... The way it is, you have different reactions to different things mm-hmm. and it all comes down, well, it could come down to history, like your history with the things you're experiencing. And I'm not sure how much we went into this before, but the way that your emotions stamp your reactions to things is rooted in how your brain's structured. So really quick, if I can get through this, when you experience something, especially something traumatic or something like uh, substantial, you experience it with an emotion. You have an immediate emotional response to it. I mean, we're human. That's what happens. And this is all related to the ancestral parts of our brain, or even deeper than the ancestral parts. It's our lizard brain. It's our reptilian brain, which is basically just based on stimulus and response. And so whenever something happens, you automatically respond to it. That's like the reptilian part of our brain. And that's where emotions come up. And usually it's beneficial to get that immediate response and have an autonomic system reaction, whether it's sympathetic, which is the stressful side, or parasympathetic, which is the peaceful side, and have your body do adapt and react how it's evolved to react. But now we have more evolved parts of our brains. So even in lower mammals, there's this evolved part of the reptilian brain where you start learning. So after you experience something, you learn something from that experience. So the next time that experience occurs, you use the information from before to inform inform your experience in that moment. So instead of just stimulus and response, there's an added part of learning. And then with humans, there's the evolved part. We have our frontal lobe and our prefrontal co- cortex, where we, in addition to learning, we have language and we can communicate and we can record history, and we can think about the future and prepare. So that's uh, basically three categories, categorizations of brain function. The reptilian function, and then the mammalian function, and then the human function. Um, I don't know if, how accurate those categories I just said were, but hopefully you get the general idea. And where well where am I going with this <laughs> uh,
1: you were talking about emotional reaction and what has allowed you to create separation and and live in the moment watching yourself be Oh right, separated. right, right.
0: okay so when you encounter something that is traumatic or substantial, like I said you, have an immediate emotional response and this comes from your reptilian brain per se so when that happens your paralymbic system so your limbic system is your brain stem and this is what houses that ancestral or reptilian in the primitive parts of your brain and the paralymbic system kind of wraps around your limbic system and is like a secondary process So when you experience something, your limbic system, your reptilian and ancestral part, processes it first. This is where you get your visceral reactions and your immediate, like, sensible, intuitive reactions. Mm -hmm. And once that goes through your limbic system, your emotion that occurs during that experience gets stamped through your paralymbic system so that the next time you encounter a similar experience you bypass your limbic system and go straight to your paralymbic system where that experience was already stamped with that emotion so whenever you come up with when encounter similar experiences those same emotions from that first encounter with experience rise up Mm. so it's a function of that where things like something like post-traumatic stress disorder would come about because you the same emotions keep rising up with similar experiences so there's if you're mindful of that and if you're aware of that and if you know how to mitigate that you can kind of erase that first that first emotion that got stamped and basically recreate the experience with a different emotion or new emotion whenever it occurs and this requires mindfulness and being in the present moment and i believe i mean it probably requires a lot of mindfulness Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and so i you know i'm not sure where i'm going with this i'm kind of rambling on and on and I'm kind of calculating all this right now and so like I said all this is kind of ex- abstract to me as I'm going through it so I'm just kind of trying to explain it with some concepts that I know but it's just I mean when it comes down to it it's just repeated practice and self-reflection and adaptation so there's no secret or a magic bullet that i can think of it's just practicing yeah yeah so i know that was a pretty roundabout way of getting to that but
1: i think it's important important to understand how our reactions get mapped onto our brains and why there can be something that happens and you always react in a certain way, like something that your partner does always makes you angry. And then afterwards you regret being angry or you're like, oh, I'm so embarrassed that I reacted that way. But Mm -hmm. you don't in the moment have control over it because it was stamped on there. Like that was the way you reacted the first time. So now that's the way you react every single time. And to to be able to create that space in that reaction is really hard because you're fighting against the systems of your brain.
0: Exactly. yeah. And, you know, if you think about it in ancestral terms, back when we were Paleolithic and living in caves and out on the savanna or whatnot and hunting, these mechanisms were beneficial to us having that initial reaction because there wasn't as much stimulus as we have now back then most of the stimulus was maybe not all that predictable but it was well it, it was a lot more predictable because it, all the systems were a lot more similar yeah. in terms of the natural order of things and so the these mechanisms in terms of stamping our emotions into our experiences was beneficial to us because the experiences was, were very similar and the way we had to react back then was very similar as well but today, with all the different stimuli that's bombarding that we're bombarded with, it hijacks our natural processes. And a lot of companies and a lot of marketing strategies understand this and hijack our innate natural processes for their own benefit. And so, yeah, it's um, basically a mismatch between our evolutionary biology and our current technology almost. Yeah. I you know, you can kind of generalize it that way.
1: We need a software upgrade.
0: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But I mean, and that's what this is. That's what we're trying to do. I mean, practicing and mindfulness and awareness is basically upgrading your software and broadening your perspective. You know, if you're staying in this reactionary state and, uh, you know, caving into your emotions, that's a limited perspective that you're living with. And that's a very narrow view and a very narrow mindset that you're living in. It's unevolved and it's just, uh, you're going to end up specializing, which might sound good to you, but it's not in terms of evolution. Because in terms of evolution, specialization is basically the path toward extinction. Because once you get too specialized, and then you can't adapt, then you die. If you know, if you get too specialized, and the only thing um, I'm trying to come up with an like example. Like if you can but,
1: only eat one. Yeah one prey or or whatever or you can only live in one environment and then that environment changes or the thing that you can eat goes extinct
0: right and if you can't adapt to that then you're dead so yeah specialization is the path to extinction so it's better to be diversified and have mindfulness so i think we can leave it at that we're over 40 minutes already And it's hot in here today. And I know Pam's probably burning up. (laughs) And I got the Champions League to go watch. Mm -hmm. So we'll leave it there for this week. Pam, did you want to add anything else before we sign out? I don't think so. Okay. Oh, well,
1: it's Virgo season, yes. Oh, uh, yeah? Yeah, the sun is now in Virgo, so we are looking forward to a month of purification and organization and communication and clearing things out So um, hey. and productivity. So. Yeah,
0: that yeah. sounds awesome. Use that it. That sounds perfect. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll leave it there for this week. And Pam, where can people find you?
1: You can find me on Twitter, where I am at Pamela underscore Lund
0: you might be able to find me on Twitter at CKDisco, no, (laughs) No? maybe, you know, I'm trying to get back into things now and I'm starting to get more organized. I started journaling, journaling, writing pen to paper last week. So maybe we'll go over that, uh, next week, but yeah, starting to get more organized in that sense. So we'll see how things go. But anyway, thank you to the listeners for joining me this week and thank you to Pam for joining me as always. And I hope you come back next week and keep on practicing. Toodaloo. (laughs) Ooh, it's hot. Yes. All right.